You are listening to the Recovering Faith Podcast, an honest and non-judgmental discussion on faith in God and the doubts we often have, why it's sometimes difficult to trust God, and how we can know with assurity that He loves us. This show centers on strengthening and rebuilding our faith after loss, tragedy, or when coming to Christianity from a non-Christian or pseudo-Christian worldview. Now, here is your host, Gene Curl. Hello and welcome back to Recovering Faith Podcast. This is the 107th episode. And today's episode is titled Legalism, the Sin of Trusting Yourself More Than You Trust God. And if you were raised in a Christian home or if you've been around quote-unquote church people for any length of time, then you have undoubtedly heard the term legalism. And you may have even heard your grandmother or one of your friend's grandmothers say to someone that someone was going to hell in a handbasket, which is a popular term for, uh, that people use, especially older ladies in the uh, Pentecostal movement or Assemblies of God. And I know my grandmother has certainly said that a time or two. But despite the prevalence of the term, Legalism. there are a lot of people who don't know what it actually means. And some of those who don't know what legalism is are the most legalistic. A legalist believes that their good works and obedience to God affects their salvation. Legalism focuses on God's laws more than relationship with God. It keeps external law without a truly submitted heart. And legalism adds human rules to divine law and treats them as if they were divine. The dictionary defines legalism as an excessive adherence to law or formula and dependence on moral law rather than personal religious faith. In short, people who are legalistic believe that God is either unwilling or unable to save people unless they have first performed a specified number of good works or performed the right rituals at the right time. And anyone who truly believes that is either believes that God is either impotent and incompetent or else heartless and a horrible parent. The Bible is clear that the only thing we contribute to our own salvation is the sin that made it necessary in the first place. To teach that we somehow earn our salvation is heresy. The teaching that we have to earn or that we can earn our salvation and God's love is to suggest that God is a horrible parent. One of the many songs that I love is called Peace by Peace by Kelly Clarkson. And in that song, she talks about how her father... Or she talks about her father, and she talks about how he never wanted anything to do with her growing up. And he never did want anything to do with her until after she was famous and had a lot of money. And then she contrasted her relationship with her father to the way her husband shows her how he loves her and how uh, he doesn't expect anything from her. And uh, she knows that he'll never, or she she says she knows he'll never run off, and her his love isn't conditional, and she contrasts the love of her father with the way 
that both her and her husband shows love to their daughter. I think it's a safe statement to say that I don't know a single person who would argue that Kelly Clarkson's father was or is a good father. And the false gospel of earned grace, which is no grace at all, and no gospel at all, teaches that God only loves us when we somehow deserve it. A love that has to be earned is no love at all. And I feel a deep sorrow for anyone who thinks or has ever thought that it is. Anyone who has ever been in a relationship with conditional love, be it parental love or romantic love, knows the painful truth that they were not truly loved and they were only tolerated so long as they were useful. One of the many biblical supports for the fact that God loves us because he is good and not because we are is Romans 5.8 that tells us that Jesus died for us while we were still enemies to God, not after we got our acts together. And it says, but God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. A good parent doesn't just love his or her children when they are behaving properly. And to, to suggest that God only loves us after we have followed all the rules is to say that he does not love us at all, but merely tolerates us because we're good at following rules. Even most bad parents don't get upset with their children when they are learning to walk or learning any other new skill and fail, but rather they are excited at any progress and encourage them to try again. My own father, however, was a notable exception to this. Jesus wanted us to know that God is a good father, and a father that is far superior to even the best humanly parent. And he said, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to get good, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? And that was Matthew 7, 7. One of the many problems with basing our salvation on our ability to keep the rules is the truism that none of us can follow all rules, regardless of how simple or easy they appear to be. Ask yourself, how many rules or laws you have broken or otherwise failed to keep just today? Hint, the answer is a lot more than you think, and certainly a lot more than you are willing to admit. Unless you just woke up five minutes ago, you undoubtedly broke some rule or law. And even if you have only been awake for five minutes, it's still extremely likely that if you have broken some rule or law as well. Most of us will admit that there are certain rules or laws we consider, in our limited wisdom, to be less important than the rest. Uh, and these rules we don't even attempt to keep and somehow justify our decision or our failure to keep them based on all of the major rules that we do keep. And all the rest of us who haven't admitted that are liars and damned liars. I have never met a single person who was willing, much less capable, of keeping all rules and laws. And if our salvation were based upon keeping rules like some religions teaches 
then not a single one of us would or could be saved. The Bible says that if we rely on the law for salvation, then we are cursed if we don't follow every single rule, regardless of how small or seemingly unimportant it is. Galatians 3, 10-11 says, For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law, and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. If we were saved by following rules, regardless of how well we or others think we are doing, we would all end up in the depths of hell, because none of us are anywhere as good at following rules as we have convinced ourselves that we are. In Romans 3.23-25, it says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, not just some of us, all of us, which means that there is not a single one of us that can measure up to God's standards. If we're honest, we would have to admit that we don't even measure up to our own standards. 1 John 1.8 says, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Despite what the Bible and reality says, some people are pretty good at deceiving themselves and are either highly confused or are habitually lying about the level of their own piety and righteousness. As anyone who has ever been around a person who just knows they are the epitome of righteousness knows, everyone else or everyone that's around them knows that they are nowhere near as righteous as they want people to think they are and most people avoid them as they are not fun or uplifting people to be around. When I was younger and had an extremely low self-esteem, and because of my father telling me that I was not worthy of love, I got suckered into the Mormon Church, formerly known as the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I only later learned that... Despite the name, the church is antithetical to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mormonism is one of the most legalistic religions on the planet, and that is part of the reason I was attracted to them in the first place, because I thought that if I, I could not get into heaven through God's love, then perhaps I could earn a spot. One of the extremely interesting things about Mormons is how even the most devout members will willingly fudge on at least one rule and act like it isn't a big deal. But I've never understood that mentality because the doctrine of the religion does not allow for that and teaches that nothing less than perfection is acceptable. During the time when I bought the Mormon doctrine, hook, line, and sinker, I strove to follow every single rule to the best of my ability. And being human, I fell painfully short and would stress out about it. And then I would do my absolute best to follow the, the rules that supposedly made it possible for me to make up for the rules that I broke in the first place. And instead of ever getting any peace, it was a continual cycle of trying and failing and then being overcome by guilt. Not only did I try to follow every rule, but I also tried to get others to do the same. And I could not for the life of me understand why anyone would be willing to not follow any of the rules when the doctrine taught that 
every decision we make on this earth, even the most minute, has eternal consequences. And that even if we are the best person we could possibly be, that we can't be sure that we have done enough. It also has not escaped my notice that some of the people who are the most concerned with how well others are following or not following the rules are the biggest rule breakers themselves. And I have found that to be true in all religions, or at least all religions that I've observed. However, I'm sure that it's true in all of them, but I can only say of the ones that I've observed. I'm not sure what other people's motivations for pressuring others to follow the rules is, and I can only speak for myself. But I always wanted to do my best to ensure that no one would break too many rules or too big of a rule to get the best that Mormonism had to offer, even if it was not, even if I wasn't able to attain it myself. At this point in my life, I'm a lot more concerned with my own sins than those of other people. And while I always pray for people who are not living right, I don't judge them, and I know that I am not in a position to judge them in the first place. And I realize that no one is without sin, and my own sins are every bit as grievous to God as other people's sins are. Without, God, <clears throat> without the grace of God, each and every one of us, all of us, are all dead in our sins. And there are no degrees of deadness. Dead is dead. Either we're dead or we're not. And no one can be partially dead. Which brings me to my next point. Legalism often ranks sins or makes a sort of hierarchy of sin. And Mormonism is one of those religions that ranks sin. And in their eyes, any sexual relations outside of marriage is almost as bad as premeditated murder. Which not only sounds ludicrous on this side of the religion, but it's also not supported by the Bible. In Mormonism, an armed robbery of a bank in which people were injured but no one died, is not as serious of a sin as two unmarried people having consensual sex. In reality, stealing a candy bar and being unrepentant of it will keep you out of heaven just as surely as going on a killing spree would. And no, I'm not trying to say that they are equal sins. But, if we are to be saved by following the rules, then it's all or nothing. If you break one rule, you might as well have broken them all, because even breaking, if you're going to be getting to heaven based on following the rules, then you have to follow every single rule. And if you break one rule, you're out. But luckily, we don't get into heaven because we follow rules. It's because of the grace of God. Jesus was the only person who was capable of living without sinning even once. And that was only because he was God in the flesh. Even the greatest heroes in the Bible were deeply flawed, and they were deserving of hell. This isn't a message on judging other people, but our sins are just as bad as everyone else's are. And if we look at another person and think that we are closer to being saved than they are, because we're better at following rules than they are, then we've missed the point, and we probably aren't saved at all, because with that line of thinking, our faith is not in our faith is uh, in our ability to follow rules instead of being in Jesus where it belongs. Jesus is the 
one who actually does the saving, and as we've already established, none of us can ever keep the rules well enough to be saved by our own obedience to the law. So our faith should not be in our ability to keep the rules. Our faith should be in Jesus. Every human who was ever born or whoever will be born has or will sin. But we should do all we can to keep our sinning to an absolute minimum. But regardless of how well we succeed in living what we would consider a good life, we are not saved because we have overcome sin, and none of us ever will, at least not on our own, but because Jesus overcame sin on our behalf. In the Bible, it says that while we are saved by grace, we should not sin willingly. In Romans 6, 1-4, it says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died in sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him into baptism into death. In order that Jesus, as Christ, was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in a newness of life. A lot of people who are trapped in legalism are not following God's rules out of love and out of fear of disappointing him, but rather because they're afraid of the consequences of breaking the rules. So basically, they're only following the rules for what it gets them or what it gets them out of, and not from any desire to actually please God. My pastor always says that guilt is a terrible motivator, and it really is. When we are following God and not wanting to disappoint Him because we love Him, it's altogether different. When I was a kid, I would often get whipped for behaving poorly. But the pain would only last a short while, and I would often do the same thing again if I thought there were any possibility of my getting away with it. But one time when I did something wrong, which I won't elaborate, but uh, my mother decided not to punish me, but instead went off and cried. And she didn't know that I saw her. And when I saw my mother crying because of what I did, I felt so bad and I, that I decided that I would never do it again. Knowing that I truly hurt my mother was more painful to me than any whipping ever was. And considering my father's temper, that's really saying something, as I really had some doozies. Any man who doesn't cheat on his wife just because he's afraid he might get caught and can't stand the thought of all he may lose is not a good man or a good husband. And any woman who only doesn't cheat on her husband because she is afraid of what she would lose if she were caught is not a good woman or a good wife. Or, uh, um, she's not a good wife or a good person, what I meant to say. And a good husband's motivation for being faithful and a good wife's motivation for being faithful is the love for their spouse. If you truly love a person, you can't stand the thought of hurting them. And if we're following God's rules out of fear of punishment, then we don't truly love God. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. John fourteen fifteen. But again, we are not saved because we follow his commandments really well. Uh, we're saved because of his grace. Another major problem with legalism is that a lot of the rules that we're expected to follow 
aren't even God's rules to begin with, but man's rules, as if we didn't have enough rules to follow already. But despite the fact that these rules did not originate from God, they are still treated as divine, and when someone breaks one of them, they are treated as if they had committed a cardinal sin. People creating their own rules and trying to pass them off as God's laws is not a new phenomenon. And the rulers of the Jews had added so many extra rules that it was difficult, if not impossible, for any person to live their life without breaking a great number of them. And Jesus called them out on it time and time again. If anyone thinks something is a sin that the Bible doesn't say is a sin, then they probably shouldn't do it themselves since they think it's a sin. But they have no authority to impose their rules on others, and even less authority to do so in the name of the Almighty God. I recently came across a quote that I like on the subject of legalism by Thomas R. Schreiner, and he says, Legalism exists when people attempt to secure righteousness in God's sight by doing good works. Legalists believe that they can earn or merit God's approval by performing the, re the requirements of the law. Obedience is how Christians should live, not how they're saved. Yes, God wants us to keep his commandments, and yes, if we love God, we will do our best to keep his commandments. But it is not by our success in following those commandments that earns us a place in heaven. And none of us could ever earn a place, regardless of how good we are or how good we think we are. Isaiah said, All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind, our sins carry us, sorry, our winds sweep us away. <clears throat> and that was Isaiah 64 6. Also, if it were possible for any of us to amass enough good works to earn our salvation, then there wouldn't have been any need for Christ to have come in the first place, much less die. But the Bible says, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Galatians 2.21 But none of us can earn our salvation, and legalism is basically, it's an, it doesn't get us any closer to salvation. All it does is it makes us feel extremely guilty for everything we do, and it puts all of the emphasis on us and takes it away from God. And... It's also imposing a lot of rules that were never God's rules to begin with. Which is one of the many reasons why it is important for us to read the Bible and know what it says for ourselves. Thanks for listening, and God bless. And if you haven't already, please go by uh, iTunes and leave a review um, for this podcast. And Or if you are listening from Google Play or Stitcher or wherever you're listening, please go by and leave a review, and I would greatly appreciate it. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Faith Podcast. Please rate and review this show and share it with your friends and family. You are loved.